This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. On December 21st, 1995, Israel officially handed Bethlehem, the city known as the birthplace of Christ, over to Palestinian rule. Three days later, a game would be played in Jacksonville, Florida between the Jaguars and the Browns. This was the last game of the season for both teams. Jaguar players went home to celebrate Christmas the next day, but the problem for the Browns players is they couldn't go home to Cleveland. Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you Come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time we step up the DeLorean, the date is November 4th, 1995, and we're in Cleveland, Ohio. It's almost kind of like when Marty came back to 1985 and Back to the Future 2, because things are looking strange. And we're going to have to go stop by Mr. Strickland's house to take a look at the newspaper. Only this time, this paper is The Plain Dealer, the local Cleveland paper. And the headline? It's just simply, Brown's Moves in the Works. What? What does that mean? Brown's Moves in the Works. Oh boy. Then we read the subheadline. It says, Modell confirms discussing deal to relocate team to Baltimore. Baltimore? Cleveland? The Browns leaving? Come on, how can this be? But, flash forward to that Jaguars game and we realize this is the last time the Cleveland Browns would play a game for the city. Or at least until they come back in 1999 and that whole Drew Carey, Cleveland rock scene. But we'll get into that whole Browns moving and coming back saga and all that other stuff in this week's episode because this week's guest was born and raised a Cleveland Browns fan to the end. This week we have Andy Billman, film producer and director primarily in the sports history realm. Now we're going to let him share his own journey, but as a precursor, let's just tell you this. He's an award-winning producer, including winning Emmy Awards, a Peabody Award, and an NAACP Award. So this guy has some chops to produce some very good content. In a moment, we'll get to Andy's interview, but I wanted to share a story with you. Let's sit down by the fire, because when I was looking up the Browns and Jaguars game, I have, I have to give a shout out here to ProFootballReference.com, because I wanted to check out exactly when the last day of the game was, you know, between the Browns and Jaguars. I saw in the Jaguars timeline, the week before they played, my Detroit Lions. And this was that game that I've talked about in the past. It was the 44 to nothing stomping of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Pontiac Silverdome. The reason why this is important to me, as we talk about football and everything that's going on with DeMar Hamlin, and football is definitely a lot more than what happens on the field itself. It's just the whole humanity, and there's a lot of social aspects, and there's a lot of involvement for why football is family. Speaking of family, this is the game, the only game, that my gramps ever went to live. I happen to be able to experience it with them. And yes, they crushed the Jaguars 44 to nothing. And I don't know the full story, but I swear we had them. 
on the ropes. It was fourth and goal. They were trying to score on us. Legend has it, the lore. I don't even know how it really was, but I feel like we had our fourth string defense against their starters. And we stopped them, stuffed them at the goal line to keep it 44 to nothing for the shutout. But again, I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to talk about just briefly a little moment of how football means more than just watching a sport and players running around, tackling each other, throwing the football and hitting pay dirt. There's a lot more involved from the social and humanity aspect. And as I'm recording this, it's good to bring up because DeMar Hamlin has remarkably made a very good recovery. He's got a ways to go, long ways to go, but they keep announcing it seems like positive things on how he's getting better. He was actually able to wake up and one of the things that came out of his mouth was, did we win the game? And I can't just imagine what that meant for his family to be able to hear him consciously say, you know, do we win? And then also his teammates to be able to, I think he was in like a Zoom conference or something like that, being able to address his teammates. So this upcoming weekend is weekend 18, only the second time ever we've had a regular season 18 game in the NFL. And it's going to be unique because the Bills will play a game, the Bengals will play a game, and at the end of the day, they're only going to have 16 regular season games on the docket, where the rest of the league will have 17. And then the playoffs are going to have different kind of ramifications as well. We can call this, as a football history show on the Sports History Network, historical for various reasons. But at the end of the day, all that really matters is DeMar's getting better. And I hope that after you actually listen to this episode, we have even more positive news. And as I bring up football history, the football history dude, I'm we're knocking on five years of this show being in its existence. In fact, it's more than five years now since the concept was created. So thank you, the listener, for sticking around on the DeLorean with me for five years. There may be some changes coming in the future, and if they do, I'll let you know. But I'll leave that as a teaser for you. In the meantime, let's talk to another lifelong fan of, unfortunately, a long-time losing franchise, with my guest, Andy Billman. Totally understand that. So then let's just jump right into that, Andy, and let's give give me a quick synopsis for the listener of the show, like your journey through documentary producing and that kind of thing at ESPN. So what I did, um, I came out of college, University of Toledo, and I actually got hired on a show called Sports Center. So I worked on Sports Center back in the days when Sports Center was a real thing, uh, like MTV and everything else. Uh, I worked on a show with you know Kenny Main, Stu Scott. Uh, Rich Eisen, all those guys at times, the PA. And then I found myself on the SB Awards. And later, through the luck of life, I got offered a job to work on 30 for 30. And I took it, and I worked at the start of it on 2009. Nine years of producing and associate producing. I got lucky enough where they started letting me direct. And I directed a film called Believe Land 2016. I directed another project uh, between now and then. And I've directed a few more since. And I left ESPN in 2018 to do my own thing. And now I'm doing independent docs. I'm still doing docs producing for ESPN and all sorts of things. And that's how I ended up here. But I wasn't a film major. Didn't come out of some fancy school like USC. That wasn't me. Um, I knew the history of sports really well. And I kind of got through the history lessons of um, uh, doing a documentary through ESPN. I mean, specifically for this show, granted, we'll you know we'll go ahead and plug all your other documentaries. But... Growing up in Cleveland, does that 
mean you were a Browns fan or were you another sport or another team? Brown of what? What? <laughs> Who, why? Why would you come on? Kosar. Let's go. Langhorn, Reggie Langhorn. My gosh, Biner and Mac, Clay Matthews, Golick, um, the Johnsons, um, later days, you know, Michael Dean Perry. And then you go into the years of like, you know, Eric Turner sadly died uh, at a young age. And then, you know, you go through that move and Modell ruined it. And then we came back in 99 and, you know, we've been a laughing stock and now we got the old Sean Watson thing. So, yes, I might be a Browns fan. Might be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're not giving uh, getting any sympathy from this guy over here. I'm a Lions fan, as a listener of the show knows, lifelong. So, no sympathy. Well, I will actually do the reverse. I am cheering hard for the Lions. I actually love to see the Lions win. I will never cheer for De- Detroit Tigers. But I will. I will root for the Detroit Lions. Um, I, I like them. Um, I actually pull. I know this will bother some Browns fans, and I love the Browns. But if I had another team that I'm not rooting for, but I wouldn't mind seeing winnings, the Bills. Like Bills, Lions, these are teams that uh, I feel their frustration. And I, I sympathize with it. I think it's fun to see those teams win. I think it's great what the Lions are doing. Those are real fans. Detroit's more known for baseball and basketball and certainly hockey. It's a hockey town. Uh, so it's really known for those things. But it's great to see the Lions winning. So, I, Arnie, I will give you my olive branch. I am actually rooting for you. I was glad to see that kick go wide against the Jets yesterday. That was nice. That was good. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, of course, you know, it's neat to see the rest of the league actually, or nation start to be more uh, positively talking about the Lions and that kind of thing. And we're on the right trajectory. We're, we're not there yet by any means. But um, go back to Cleveland, you know, while well, I got you on the line here. So the reason how I found you was Believe Land. And the, I don't know how it came about. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty interesting. Then I looked at your body of work. Why specifically does that strike a bell with you? And let's talk about more the football side of it as opposed well, to some of the other sports. Sure. I was born in Cleveland. So, I mean, I, I was born in a town called Elyria. Um, kind of similar would be like Auburn Hills to Detroit. It's a it's a suburb that's kind of it's kind of Elyria is kind of the last I'd say suburb of Cleveland. Uh, once you get past Elyria, you're starting to go more into Lorain County. But I was there. I lived, my parents lived in a town called North Homestead, which is certainly in the middle and heart of Cleveland. So I grew up in Cleveland. I mean, I just I didn't. So when I was growing up, all I knew was Browns, Indians, now Guardians and Cavs. I mean, that's what we did. Um, and as a Browns fan, um, you really lived and died with the team. We still do. Um, it's ridiculous. Um, I'm in very bad moods when they win. I mean, when they lose. And I'm in very good moods when we win. Uh, my middle son has got the Browns gene in him. It's very strong. Um, we've had you know, we've had moments where uh, I was like, damn, he, he's just as mad as I am <laughs> over losses and stuff. Uh, but for people who don't know, um, you know, the Browns are really shaped by the NFL because pro football started in Canton, Ohio, because of the importance of Paul Brown. And honestly, that's why the Browns are named the Browns, because of Paul Brown. And since the move, the Browns really have never been the same. And it really affects us, especially when you play a team like the Ravens. Um, they're nasty birds. Um, I think their fans... I know some Raven fans are good people. Um, they're unrelenting in their non-sorrowfulness of stealing our team. Fine. It's fine. Um, 
not fine, but okay, it's fine. And so we live and die through them. And uh, honestly, it's been bad since the move. We've had some moments when in 2020, but there's no fans to celebrate. But we will be Pittsburgh um, forever holding that victory. In 20 in 2002, when William Green ran uh, past the Michael Vick and the Falcons in the playoffs, and then we uh, lost to again those awful Steelers. Uh, but really, since then, I mean, we've had, as the Lions fans can relate, we had an over season. Uh, we almost had back-to-back over seasons. Um, we've been losing. And for a team like the Browns, who historically were the Yankees of the sport in the 50s, it's very jarring. Um, the town lives through football. Um, St. Louis lives through baseball. Um, the Boston, the city of Boston, even with the Patriots, they really live through race, baseball, too. Um we live our sports through the Browns. And because of that, it's been hard at times uh, because the Browns have been so poor. And even in my generation, I'm 43, you know, the Browns were winning every year with Kosar. Um, yeah, they were losing to those terrible, awful Broncos. Um, you know, still don't like you, John Elway, if you're ever listening. Uh, ruined, cried many nights over your bizarre disaster, nasty, nasty comebacks. But, um, you know, all that to be said, I mean, the Browns fan has been very troubled. Um, I've actually think about doing a film on this. I don't think we've ever really recovered from the move. Um, we haven't been as relevant. It's very frustrating as a fan because we see the Browns as relevant. They aren't relevant, are they? They really aren't. Um, they aren't. It sucks. I hate saying that. The Bengals are far better. There's other teams that are far better. And anytime we get anywhere, you know, disaster sets in. Uh, except for 2020, really. 2020 was the only time um, everything kind of worked out. Even that loss at Kansas City wasn't a bad loss. I was accepted. So that's a long period of losing. And, you know, not to pick on the Lions, but the Lions don't have a history like the Browns did in the 50s. So it's very complexing for a Browns fan. Uh, Indians, Guardians fans are a lot more sympathetic because most of my 40-year-old friends and I, the Indians were major league. We were terrible. So to even be to be relevant was good, um, but the Browns have um, they are they're six and eight, and bringing it to today, and it's a very fractured fan base right now. Um, part of it's because of Deshaun Watson, and that's very understandable. Um, he did some terrible things, and a lot of fans, men and women, have aren't coming back, and that's been very hard. And honestly, there's been a lot of fans recently who've been turned off by the analytics of Cleveland. Um, the Browns are very, very analytical. And so they don't show emotion. And that really bothers us Cleveland fans. Um, you know, we, we don't like losing to the Steelers or the Ravens. Um, you don't hear players talking like they used to. It's just the Sam White, Marty Schottenheimer, you know, the 80s were fun because, like, they would all jab each other. Chuck Knoll would jab, you know, um, Oh, the coach for the Oilers is, uh, is uh, vaping my brain. Funny guy. Um, anyway, so, but all those coaches kind of snapped at each other. It was kind of fun. Now the Browns are just like one game, one week, next man up. It's like, okay, but like, we are playing the Steelers today. Yeah, but we just got a coach. It's like, shut up. <laughs> Show some emotion. So I gave you a long-winded answer. But that is the Browns. And what's very frustrating to us we realize we've been bad. We keep trying to see 
the team get through this fog. And honestly, Arnie, um, even with the win last last Saturday, which was great, uh, you know, there's not a lot of hope. They're not going to make the playoffs. There's no first round pick. That's our Super Bowl. So you know, kind of, you know, not, probably it's another seven, ten year. Like okay, next thing up. It's very sad to a, to a fan base that was used to winning a lot and a very historical fan base. Yeah, I mean, the way you're describing it is my the majority of my life. So again, I understand. And this is the first year in a long time I can say, even though we're really not going to go anywhere in the playoffs, even if we make it, but it's like, I feel like we're on the right trajectory as a Lions fan. And we do have that emotion, like you're saying, as far as the team base. Uh, Lions fans are very emotional. And to be honest, I felt for the Lions fans even in the 80s, and not 80s, that's not the right time period, 90s. Because they had Barry Sanders, and Sanders was a wonderful running back, but it was a one-man show at times. Um, you know, nothing against Wayne Fonts and, you know, the randomness of quarterbacks. Kramer, Pete, I know, played for you guys at one point. You know, the, the random Herman Moore, uh, Mel Gray, you know, those kind of players for the Lions. Um, they were great. Uh, but they really was about Barry Sanders. Uh, but the Lions, with the trade – you know, there's a payoff. Then the Rams got paid off too. They won a Super Bowl. So don't feel no one should feel bad for the Rams. The payoff is here. They have a top probably what five pick, six pick coming in the draft. I mean, the Lions are really teed up to do big things. And unlike the Browns, and Kevin Stefanski is a good guy. He's a very nice man. Campbell plays to the Michigan, the Michiganier. Um, he definitely has a little bit of Bo Schembechler. Uh, he definitely has a little bit of that biting attitude. And that really fits well in the part of the country where, I mean, Detroit and Cleveland aren't very far away. That plays well. And um, the Lions are a fun team to root for. And uh, it's close. I mean, the Lions are close. Um, and let's be honest, the guard is changing. That Rodgers guy, not so good right now. The Vikings, they do that clap, but they aren't that scary. And the Bears, oh, they play the 85 film to remember how good, how good they were. The, the the division's up for grabs. It really is. The, the division is really up for grabs in years to come. And the Lions are right there. And with the amount of draft picks they have and the amount of draft capital, you can move up to get a good quarterback next year, which I would. If I were the Lions, I would advise. You can tell me what, how you feel. With all the draft capital, I would move up to get the kid out of Alabama. I would do it in a heartbeat. I would get young in there. You're a young away from being very, very special. <laughs> I mean, you can tell. This team's there. And even if you take a little setback with young, kid can play. Kid's great. And he'd be wonderful uh, in that. In that um, and that's the other thing, too. Like, for people who probably listen to RNA, they probably know this. But, you know, Greek town in that area is ready for a win like this from the Lions. Those, that casino would fill up. Um, people would be on the streets. And it, it's been a while. I mean, the Pistons haven't been relevant. The Tigers haven't been relevant. And even Hockey Town, Red Wings haven't been very good. So that town will, will explode if the Lions win. And they will. They're, they're close. I mean, they are right there. And it's, and, it's, and it's interesting timing, isn't it, with Michigan. Um, I say has a decent shot of winning it all. I mean, Georgia's going to be tough. But they play TCU first. But stars are lining up. Are you a Michigan fan, Arnie? I mean, I I don't really follow college as much, but if I have to swing between the two, that or state, yeah, it's Michigan and my family. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you, what does a Lions fan see? That's what I see as an outsider. I see 
the road has been paved in blue and silver. I mean, it's time to just hit the putt. Oh, man, it's it's to the point where let's just take this game last week. It was not a pretty win. There were mistakes. There were other things that happened, but they found ways to close games as opposed to just kind of let them go as opposed, you know, before we would just always find a way to lose it at the end and, and mess it up or just we're competitive in every single game. I mean, the last eight games, the only one we lost, or is a seven, only one we lost is the Bills on Thanksgiving and we had them on the ropes. I mean, it was, you know, that we should have won that game or at least should have went into overtime, I should say, and then had a shot at it kind of deal. And and some wins from a few weeks back, like the Jaguars looks a lot better now. Mm-hmm. That Jaguars win's got a lot more weight to it today. Um, and again, that division's wide open. Um, I wouldn't be scared of the Vikings. No, I think you're right. I, I think, um, I mean, you hate saying it because it's a team game, but the Lions are a quarterback away. My gosh. <laughs> they are a quarterback away from being really special. They, they, they would be tough to beat. Um, but, you know, the Lions, to put it in perspective of history, it would mean a lot to that community. They've had moments with the Tigers in 84. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, um, obviously, and champion at World Series in the 60s. But it Pistons, bad boys in 04. The Red Wings, I mean, when I was at the University of Toledo, everybody was a Red Wings fan. <laughs> everybody had a Yeiserman Bowl of some sort. Um, it would be nice. Again, I hate to say it, the Lions are known for Barry Sanders, in my opinion, being 43. Um, you're about ready to break out of that. No, I mean, you're talking to a guy that right here, I mean, it's, I never have Barry Sanders too far from me. That's my coaster. So <laughs> literally that. Guy's a wonderful, that, guy's a wonderful <laughs> he, player. Yeah, that's my nostalgic moment. Before I get you out of here, because of nostalgia, taking me back in time. So now you get to ride this DeLorean right here. So you get to... Another product. <laughs> what's, what's that? Another Michigan or DeLorean. I think DeLorean's from Michigan. Uh, it, it could be. I'm really not sure. I know that the dude went back crazy and then lost everything. But either way, besides that, so you're, let's just say you get to take the keys to my DeLorean. You get to go back in time to any story from one of your, uh, let's keep it football for the sake of this show, but any story from one of your documentaries in the past, either to a story of filming the documentary or to, or, or the actual story that occurred, you could go live that moment. Let me think. Well, I'll give you two stories. One is Archie Manning. I I produced a film called The Book of Manning. And Archie is the real deal. He's a real family man. Um, He loves his family. When we did a big celebration of the film, we did multiple. We did one of them in Oxford, Mississippi. And it was not filled with celebrities. It was not filled with who's who. It was really filled with Archie's family, brother, sister, and, you know, cousins, nephews, nieces. And it was really, really nice to see. Um, so we did a huge opening in New Orleans. And Archie and I had a moment, and we were just sitting there talking. And I was about ready to have my third son. And I go, well, what do you say about having your third son? And he gave me some real advice. You know, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in the sports, and I do certainly. But, you know, to have someone like Archie Manning talk on a real level was really nice. And just, just bring it down for notch. Because Archie doesn't have to add, he doesn't have to give me advice about his kids. But, you know, it's really nice to see that kind of perspective, you know. And um, see see how much 
that kind of stuff can really relate. And then I'll go, I'm going to do more college here. There's certainly stories like this in the pros. Um, I do a lot of work in the Southeastern Conference. And it's easy to do stories on you know, how great was Bear Bryant. My gosh, uh, was Cam Newton the best ever college football quarterback to play in the SEC? Maybe it was, you know, there's all sorts of debates on who that could be. You know, is Georgia the next dynasty? But what's great in two ways about the SEC in football and nationally, not just the SEC, but it brings people together. And to see the tailgating at the Grove where families come in. The Grove is in Oxford, Mississippi. They have a bunch of tents. This is a Cleveland, Ohio kid. And they're offering me mimosas. What's your favorite type of pie? You know, what do you want? And it's just really nice. Like football like that in the South can really bring people together in the Midwest and everywhere. And, you know, you just look around sometimes and there are stories like that that are more often than not. It's all about wins and losses to us fans. I mean, it's about the win for the Lions this week. And it is. It's a win for the Browns against the Ravens. But sports, and in particularly football, bring people together. And they can really bring a city or community together. Um, I think the Lions, if they were to win, would, would galvanize the city of Detroit. They could probably use a jolt. To be honest with you. And the Lions could definitely do that. And that gives an opportunity for Sanders to get out there to talk about who he is and bring an excitement back to Detroit. And football has a magic elixir to that stuff. And there's just so many times where you can just see things lifted from from just plays. And, um, you know, and, and the other thing that's great about football, too, is you just see people grow. It's 22 guys. I think we forget that sometimes. We get too focused on quarterback or the skill positions. But it's 22 guys. And there's a lot of guys in there. Uh, there's a gentleman we interviewed um, a few times who played for the Niners uh, offensive lineman, and he talked about how he'd want to galvanize his team. And, you know, it, it, football is a lot of emotion. And that's why I think, you know, analytics is great. But analytics has its place. But football is can really bond people. It can really turn things around. The Raiders fan, I was talking to a longtime PR guy, Raiders today are on cloud nine. They're not thinking about the tuck rule in 2001 or 2000, not even 2000, where the Raiders got jobbed by the Patriots and that Tom Brady guy went off. What is that about today? Some stupidity move by the Patriots. And they're clinking glasses <laughs> and, they're, and they're just celebrating the streets. Um, it can happen a lot to communities at all levels. And um, football is very unique that way. Um, it can also be very damning. Um, you can have a play. I think Scott Norwood could talk about that. Um, Ernest Biner can certainly talk about that. Um, there are moments where she's like just a play away. And, you know, there's been all that too in sports. But football, again, it's 22 guys. It's a family thing. And, like, I'll give it to you this way, Arnie. Can you imagine not playing on Thanksgiving Day with the Lions? Right. You can't imagine there's certain things in football that just go hand in hand. The Lions could be, as they have been, over. But yet, they'll fill the stadium. They'll be there. And they'll be celebrating. And that's football. You can't say that for the Tigers when they're in last place. You can't say that even about Hockey Town with the Red Wings, I would guess. 
But the Lions, even late November, they're not very good. They'll fill up that place on Thanksgiving. And there'll be stories they'll tell. One year they beat the Browns. That sucked as a kid. I think it was in 90. <laughs> that Barry Sanders guy was really good. Ran all over us. <laughs> but, like, that's that's the tradition of football. It's really, really special. There's obviously plays throughout time. But I think it's more about, you know, when you're interviewing people, and you talk to people, when players get out of the game, it's amazing how they go back to the fans in football. You do not see that in baseball. You do not see that in basketball. Football, you'll see ex-Browns go to the dog pound. I would assume there's other fans who do the same thing. Like Raiders fans maybe visit the black hole, even though that'd be scary. Maybe you'd visit the black hole for a day or something like that. And I think that's where sports and football has a – football especially has got a special thing. Uh, football, you do see that. Um, football players really – they probably recognize the fans more. Soccer too, but not – but soccer's not a United States game. So that's where football comes in. Um so I gave you another long-winded answer. But, yes, football is special because it brings people together. Um, and I love baseball. Love baseball. Watch every Guardians game. Love basketball. Be watching the Cavs. They're about ready to tip off here in about 30 minutes. And uh, they better win tonight. They play the Jazz. I don't want to lose to Lori Markin and Colin Sexton. Don't want to. We're going to celebrate Donovan Mitchell. But if I'm being truthful and honest, football has the package of tradition, history, even when times are down. You can have a mimosa in the Grove. You can go to the Thanksgiving Day game for the Lions. That's football. Many other sports just don't have that, actually. How about that? Lifelong Cleveland fan. Even rooting for my Detroit Lions. And at the time of that recording, you could probably have figured out we had just beat the Jets. Things were looking great. We were basically destined to make the playoffs, as far as we could all tell. But then, we go down and lay an egg in Carolina against the Panthers. What? But then we come back to Detroit, we stomp on the Bears, and now we get flexed to Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. And basically what could amount to a true playoff game. However, I am recording this introduction outro the day before the game is played on Sunday. It's on Saturday. So what I'm hoping is by the time this episode releases, we feel like we realize that even though Stafford's not on the field, Stafford takes the Rams under his wings and he says, you know what? We're going to win this one for the Lions. They take care of business over in Seattle and the Lions go into Lambo, and we have a shot to truly make the playoffs on a historic run. Starting off 1-6, and six, only one other team has ever done that. Yeah, sure, there's an asterisk. This is seven teams in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? I don't care what anybody says. Been one heck of a ride these past 10 or so weeks. So, go Lions! Even though by the time this airs, you'll already know the outcome. But it doesn't matter. Because, for now, dude, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football History Dude. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please subscribe with your podcast player of choice and head on over to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes, 
where we're going, we don't need roads.